Welcome to Hope Found. This is a podcast about doing life with God. I found hope in the one and only true God through my salvation in Jesus. And I want to share my journey with God via the scriptures and personal interactions. Many of the podcasts will have a study of scriptures and others will contain interviews with other people and their stories finding hope in God. Welcome back. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Um, I'm Hope and my husband John is with us. And our third child, Abigail, is joining us today, and we are super excited to have her. Hello. What, what, Abby? <laughs> so, Abby uh, is, she's an amazing person. She's oh, super, <laughs> she's super smart, and um, she has quite the character to her. And um, now she's on the uh, horizon of entering adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, and she thinks she's already there because she's 18. But, okay, you know, she listen. it's, you know, when, when the reality hits. Right. The number be... is not everything. <laughs> Correct. It's Correct. part of it, though. It <laughs> is. You, you could legally vote. So Yes. Yeah. So, um, but uh, we were kind of just reminiscing a little bit about Abby growing up and uh, mm-hmm. being quite the character that she is. We've got lots of stories to pull from. But the one that I'm thinking of, I believe you were probably two and a half or three years old. She's a little anxious because she really doesn't know what I'm going to share right now. So, um, you nervous, Ab? Just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> well, um, I remember that I was washing our sheets, the ones uh, John and our in my sheets. We I was washing the sheets, so the sheets were off the bed, and I guess Abigail thought that the mattress needed cleaning also. Yeah, obviously. Y'all don't just clean your mattresses. Right, right. You're supposed to clean the mattress, not just the sheets. I guess that's what she was thinking. Definitely. So at the time, uh, we had like a water bottle that we would use to spray the girl's hair, to comb it out and whatnot. So, oh, now she remembers. It's all coming back. (laughs) If you could only see her face right now. This is going to expose me. (laughs) And uh, so she decided to take the water bottle and proceed to walk around the entire mattress on the outside of it and spraying it with water. Um, And she just she did it all the way around. And I guess she figured she needed to use all of the water. Yeah. Yeah. All the water. had. That means it was clean. Right. So. um, So then she she proceeded to take the lid off of the spray bottle and then pour the rest of the water into her father's alarm clock that was on the other side of the bed. Forgot about that. <laughs> so that was interesting uh, whenever we found that mess. But fortunately, um, being three-year-old hands and squirting the water bottle, it wasn't horrible. It was just a little damp and it dried. And I believe the alarm clock survived also. It did. It did. Amazingly. Magically enough. Strong just, alarm clock. Yeah. They just don't make things like the way they used to. No. No. So, you know, it, it, it's funny because I'm going to tell the baby powder story. Oh, That's what I'm going to okay. tell. So uh, <laughs> probably around the same age uh, that at that time, um, one night I walked into the bathroom. It was in the evening time because, you know, Abby had been missing from from the from the living room for a while. And so right. like, what's Abby up to? And she's quiet. So, yeah. So in the bathroom and she had taken uh, a, a large uh, baby powder bottle and had proceeded to dump it all 
over the bathroom, like everywhere. Like it was just, it, and I mean, the cloud of baby powder smoke that was all over the. You could barely see her. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy the amount of, because I mean, a whole bottle, I mean, it was like a new bottle and it was like empty and it was everywhere. And of course at that time, because Abby, you know, frequently did fun things like that. Um, <laughs> I mean, we walked in and I like lost my mind. So oh. uh, all I did was looked at her and screamed. I'm like, ah! She just kind of looked at me like I was a crazy person. And I'm like, am I the crazy person? Because you're the one that just dumped the baby powder all over the floor. So it was it was quite interesting. Quite I interesting. decided that my, my terrible twos needed to extend beyond two years old. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, I'll say this. You know, obviously we talked that Abby is, you know, she's 18, so she's growing up, be- becoming an adult. And, um, you know, I will say that she is she's wise with her money yes she does a lot of you know um really smart things and does well in school and all that and you know the fact is that the, you know this past year she was even able to go buy her own car right. and pay for it outright yes. so very responsible I mean, she's she's very responsible so i guess all of the crazy that happened when you were little you must have got it all out of your system yeah maybe I sh- I ho- okay <laughs> i hope so M- maybe you hope so you're not no. sure no i wasn't the one who said maybe she I did. said maybe. <laughs> I so, said I hope that they're over. That's what I'm saying. So you're not quite sure either. If you're you're hoping that they're over? Yeah. Okay. She can't make I'm any pre- promises. I'm pretty sure. sure. Well, yes. I hope they're over too. I like to be spontaneous. Yeah. Yeah. You never that's, know. Yeah, well, as long as it's not with baby powder or a squirt bottle of water. <laughs> well, and I always tried to remember raising four kids. We had lots of exciting things. It wasn't just Abby, but um I always tried to remember um I had there was a situation that uh, that I did as a child and um, looking back on it, you know, as a grown up and as an adult, it was uh, horrible, like what I was doing. And it looked like I was being very destructive. But in the moment, I can remember the thoughts that I had about just discovery. I was seeing how it worked. And I think that I tried to remember that throughout all of the kids and all their different things, like trying to clean the mattress and wow, look at all this smoke or whatever this is making with the powder. Like it, it most likely was nothing that was meant to be destructive. Mm-hmm. It was discovering. Sure. And uh, yeah, a lot definitely. of times it was making a mess, but you know, uh, but it, I, I, be- that's what I believe. I don't believe that much of anything that happened was really being purposefully destructive. It was just discovering what different things do. And sometimes a really big mess happened in the meantime. So yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> Def- dis- discovery. Yes. Yes. So um, today we are going to talk about prayer. Um, I know it's something that probably you've heard many uh, teachings on or many different preachers talk about it. Um, but I, I really felt like we were supposed to talk about prayer today. Because so, when Abby was little, we needed to pray. Yeah, a lot. Yes, yes, yes. It's actually, actually one of our other children caused me to pray a lot more than Abby. So that'll be exciting whenever. <coughs> maybe, maybe one of these days we'll get him on. Here. Yes. So um, let's just start off with a couple questions here. And either one of you can answer whenever you're ready. Um, what do you understand prayer to be? Um, at least for right now in this moment, prayer is definitely something that I I do just to talk to God casually. A lot of people make prayer out to be like something that's like, oh, you got to use specific words. You got to, you know, kneel down by your bed. But it's like I catch myself in my my just my lean back chair a lot. And I'm just there with my blanket over my head. Not over my head. 
But with my blanket, I'm just talking to God like he's my bestie because, I mean, he is. And, like, having conversation with people in general, friends or God, is just, like, it's a really good way to build relationship with him in general, which is what I'm trying to do over the next year is build that relationship with God and just think of it not as something that's, like, this big – I mean, it is a big thing, but, like – Like a task or yeah, something. Yeah, but it, I would just, like, God's my bestie, you know? So that's what it is to me is definitely just that conversation and just, like, telling him about my life, even though he already knows everything about it. It's good to just talk about it. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. That's, that's awesome because I think that that is an aspect of God that a lot of people miss out on. They miss out on um, that friendship because it really is all about the relationship. And while there are many different aspects of God, of him being our Lord and King and Savior, and and I know that you acknowledge all of those, but to be able to just have that one-on-one conversation and not feel like you have to walk on pins and needles or you have to say certain things, is that's an amazing thing to be able to understand and, uh, and to do at such a young age. Oh, you want me to answer now, too? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I would agree with Abby. Um, I think that, you know, prayer is about your relationship with God. Uh, you know, obviously, initially, I think you look at prayer as something that is your way of, of asking God for things, mm-hmm. um, which I think is okay, too. And and not I don't mean that from the perspective of asking because, you know, oh, God, will you give me a million dollars? I mean, I'm not saying that. It's more of just that. You'd be okay with it. But. I'd be okay with it, you know. So, God, if you hear that right now, that's <laughs> my prayer. No, just kidding. Um, but uh, I think that initially it's easy to look at prayer as the, the way of, you know, petitioning God mm-hmm. for the things, for, for your wants and needs, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But, but I mean, it really is more than that, like Abby was saying. Right, absolutely. I think that it is our communication with God, and um, I like to look at it as communication um, because many people just look at prayer as talking. Mm. But we need to be active listeners, too. Sure. And I think that um, I'm, I'm sure that both of you do that also. It's just m- most of the time when people say prayer, you think, talking to God. Like, that's the initial, like, talking to God. And yes, it is. But it's definitely, uh, it needs to be more of a communication. I don't know who said it along the line, but there's a reason why God gave us one mouth and two ears. Because maybe we should be listening twice as much as we're talking, especially right. in prayer. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I feel the same way. It's absolutely our communication to God. I think that it can happen in a variety of different ways too. Um, it's it's talking to him, communicating to him. It is listening to him and the variety of different ways that we can hear him. Um, we can be communicating with God whenever, um, <laughs> and the kids know, they kind of maybe roll their eyes probably more than anything, but when we're just watching a random movie, it's not even like a God movie or anything. And, uh. and I... <laughs> And, uh, and I just get this thought like, man, you know, and I I think I've been so into movies at times too, that something awful happens to somebody and I catch myself praying for them (laughs) and I'm like, wait a minute, it's just a movie. It's just a movie, but, um, it's pretend it's, it's not real. (laughs) Total pretend. And I know that I just get so wrapped up in the story. Um, but you know, I believe that he can speak to us through movies, through 
any variety of different things through people, through situations, through obviously through the word and, um, and different things. So it, it's that it's, it, the picture's bigger than when we're just sitting and talking, whether we're kneeling or whatever. Um, you know, it, it, our communication with him. And I think that that's like that ongoing thing that he says, you know, pray without ceasing mm-hmm. in the Bible. And it, and it's that ongoing, just having, having the, the line open all the time. That way he can talk to us and inspire us and give us dreams and what to do when, you know, even if it's reaching out to somebody, you know, just, just, uh, late last night, somebody came to mind as I was laying there in bed. A lot of times it's, so it's like super casual when I'm talking to God at night, I might just be like mulling over a, a verse or a phrase or something that he kind of like just stuck out to me when I read a scripture or something. And so I'm not necessarily like pray praying, but I'm kind of just meditating on it and he'll talk to me Mm. like, you know, and so he kind of just dropped this person's name and, and just the idea of their situation. So I just kind of prayed for him real quick and I just messaged them. And I can always tell when it's the perfect time. So it just, it's keeping that ongoing, you know, she responded with, wow, like (laughs) right, right when she needed it, you know? And so just keeping that line open and allowing him to use us in that way. It's all of that is the communication. That's, that's the body of Christ. That's, you know, it's, it's all of that I consider as prayer, not necessarily a focused, which we do need to have too. We need to have those focused times, but it's just the, you know, throughout the day and everything. And so. definitely the listening part. It's, Absolutely. It's definitely understanding that it's a two-way conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not just you speaking. It's not like, it's not like you're, you know, recording yourself. And so right. there's not, you know, you can't, nothing's coming back. It's like, no, if, if you're willing to listen, God is willing to talk. Yes, yes. I believe he always has something to talk about. It's just whether we're either listening or we want to focus on what he wants to talk about. <laughs> right, or if we're just too busy thinking about what we want. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So next question. Have you gone through different seasons, uh, like, praying differently? Uh, like, you know, maybe right now, like, you're sitting in your chair, just chill with a blanket praying. Is there, like, other times where, you know, it's just different? Like, for example, I'll go first on this one. So um, there was a period of time, I don't know, probably 15 years ago. It was shortly after we moved to Florida. And um, it was it was like a really deep intercession, like hardcore for me, like praying for a specific situation. And so during that time, I really felt moved in my heart to to lay prostrate, lay flat on the floor, face down. Like it, it was in my whole prayer time was like that. And, um, and it just was, it just was something that I felt like I, that needed to happen in that time, you know, um, or it could be like your focus of prayer, like, you know, might've changed over the years and different seasons and stuff. Cause I, I don't pray like that currently, mm-hmm. you know, but I think that there are times when things like that change. So I'm just curious to see if, if you guys have experienced that. Um, I, I would say, yeah, it really depends on where I'm at and just, like, the thing, like, around me. Like, when I'm doing my daily prayer, it's a very casual thing, but there's different kinds of prayers. Like, if I'm praying for someone, like, mm-hmm. for example, at summer camp, we all just, like, pray for each other. Like, we could have no clue who you are, and it's like, mm. we will be on the ground praying for you. And those are the That's kind awesome. of prayers where it's, like, it's more of, an like, authoritative prayer. Mm-hmm. It's, like, you're talking and asking God to do this thing for you, but you're kind of, like... You're not the one doing it, but it's like you're speaking it and it's yeah. very like 
I really want this to happen. And it's not really like a, this is what happened today. It's like a God move in this person's life, mm. touch this person kind of thing. So it's definitely very like authoritative compared to more a more like casual prayer. Mm-hmm. I would say there's definitely been those down seasons where it's like, I've done the like, I only really ever talk to God when I need a favor or it's just like small things in life, which is not a, not good. Don't do that. But it's like that I've I've gone through the seasons where I've done that and I've realized that it's like it's very useless because my ears aren't open to talking to God mm. or like listening to God. Mm-hmm. It's very like a one sided street and God's up there like I'm trying to talk to you, but you're not willing to listen kind of thing. You're only talking to me when like you need me. But it's I'm not like that anymore. But yeah, there was definitely those seasons that I only use prayer as like a God of Santa Claus kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I like to look at it like a vending machine. <laughs> Right. Like whenever you need something. But I, I know, I know for a fact I've been there. Yeah. And, and I think many people, um, and hopefully they're not there anymore, but absolutely. I think everybody went through that, especially cause you were probably younger and right. you know, that's, I think um, that anybody that says they didn't go through that would be right. telling right. a fib. <laughs> right. I mean, you need to go pray about that. <laughs> right. I mean, cause that's just reality. That's right. just life. Right. You know, I, I think even the most godly people go through seasons where think you know where things happen and mm-hmm. and your focus gets skewed and mm. something gets in the way or whatever um so uh you know my answer to that question is mm. is yeah there have been times when it's been different um i think where i'm at right now is it's it's more of a trying to be thankful mm. You know, and I know that I don't want to steal your thunder for what no, we probably no, will talk it. about a little bit later. But, you know, it's trying to it's trying to be purposeful about the different the different parts of prayer, you know, and, and looking at things. And so because it's easy to come into it with like the he, these are all the things I need or this is the thing I'm dealing with or this is the struggle I'm, I'm having. Mm-hmm. And I want to get to all this. But like Abby said, it's like you're not telling God anything he doesn't know. So mm-hmm. I try to for me, I try to come at it from the perspective of um I'm going to be thankful and talk to you about all the things I'm thankful for mm-hmm. before I get into the other stuff. I'll get to the other stuff. It's coming. I mean, the other right. stuff's coming, but I know you know, God. I know that you're already aware. And so um, so I try to, to get the, let me be, let me talk about how I'm being thankful first. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes when that's happening, you don't ever get to the other stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's just it's amazing like, how that works. Right. Because it's like, wow. Um, you know, I mean, and obviously because I'm a worship leader, I think for me too, it's like a, a lot of times I'm just trying to always look at how, um, how my, uh, my mental posture is, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and putting myself in the right headspace and, um, and really focusing on the things that are important and really focusing on, on God for who he is and mm-hmm. and that he is holy and that he is worthy and all of those things. And so um, that's how I look at that. Uh, you know, you talked about when you had gone through that season where you would um, lay down. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that for me I've ever gone through an extended season of those kinds of things, but there mm-hmm. are definitely times in prayer when physical posture means something. Yeah. Um, and I think that that really comes down to um, in that moment, what do you need to do in your physical posture mm-hmm. to to really show what you mean mm-hmm. and, like what and, and what you're saying? Right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, that's why at so many churches they talk about let's come up front. You know, mm-hmm. let's let's kneel down. Um, churches or raise talk your about hands. Or right, something. right. They talk about kneeling at the altar. You know, I, the churches don't have altars per se. Mm-hmm. Um, the front, even churches yeah. that had altar rails. It's like you know, it's not an altar. An altar is something that you know. I mean, big old churches had an altar. Right. Um, But it is about that, like, coming to a place of surrender and putting Mm -hmm. yourself in a posture. And so there have been times for me, obviously, when when that physical posture meant, you know, it needed to happen in that moment for that reason for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know that – I don't know that it matters to God. It matters to him because it matters to me, I guess. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and I think that if you – really feel strongly that you need to be in that position that like, let's just say in a church service, can God touch you sitting in your seat? Absolutely. But if you feel moved in your heart that you need to go up front, that's the Holy spirit. And it's important for us to be obedient, right? It's, it's in the obedience that you are going to receive what you need. Right. And that's what I mean. Like I'm yeah. not going there for God. Right. I'm going there for me. Right. I'm doing what I'm doing because that's what I need to do right. in that moment for God to really be able to speak into me or mm-hmm. to move in me or to do whatever it is that I need um, or that he needs me to need <laughs> right. in that moment. Right, yeah. It is interesting um, when you talked about the altar and how not many churches really have that anymore, but it's you know a form of coming up front. Mm-hmm. Um, but the altar is a place of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's a place of giving up what doesn't belong. But sure. I, I think that that's, I don't know, just kind of struck me there. Uh, let's see here. Because it has to do with your mind. Yeah, absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that that's where it's like, it's not, don't get lost in the, in the, um, I don't know what the word is I'm trying to say. Don't get lost in the idea that it is a, this specific physical place where only in that place. That it's a formula. Can, can happen. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and because again, if you think back to like old churches, mm-hmm. you know, we went to Europe this last year and we got right. to go into some old churches and those old churches had an altar. Right. You know, and I don't mean a, a burnt offerings took place. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not that There's a wooden banister Not, type like, thing. Or, but they had like some, a, a place where there was a thing. Right. You know, right. Uh, whatever the thing was, yeah, yeah. you know, this thing that, you know, makes this the altar. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I think that an altar now is really more of like it's more of where you need to be. And it is more of making that physical movement for yourself. It's a heart position. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. Okay, so what can you remember learning about prayer growing up in church? Um, Prayer was definitely something that was like you need to do it. And I mean, I get that like a you need to do it thing because if you're not talking to God and if you're not listening from God it's like where's the relationship mm-hmm. like I said because prayers I feel like for me is a very ample part of my relationship with God yeah worship and reading the Bible is helping that also but the conversation with God is definitely something that is like like that but as a kid I mean the very generic like pray before you eat to bless food and think like give thanks for the food mm-hmm. and just like praying in times where you really need god's comfort or peace and that kind of stuff like prayer is very important like thing talked about as i was a kid because i mean which i'm glad because if they didn't put such an importance on what prayer was it's like i don't think people would prioritize it as Mm. much as it should be Mm -hmm. so i think growing up christian and like 
having that foundation set where it's like prayer is very important. Right. It very like it helped me have a strong relationship with God throughout my life, through the ups and downs and all that. And having something that I know I can do to have a direct conversation with God to help bring me the comfort I need in those situations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, prayer was very important. as you know, growing do you up. remember when we used to pray at night together? Yeah. And yeah. before school and before mm-hmm. dinner and all that stuff. <laughs> the before schools were always so much fun. But yeah. Yeah. I think that you're asking me to remember when I was a kid. Well, just growing up. That in was general. a minute ago. <laughs> Woo. Um, uh, obviously, I, again, for me, I grew up in church too and, and grew up in a Christian family. And so it was always just a part of life. I mean, the earliest praying I can remember has to do with saying my prayers before I went to bed. Mm-hmm. And like with a lot of kids, you learn a repetitious prayer because that helps you, because it helps you to to um, to remember. And, and here's the thing. At 49 years old, I can still remember that prayer I prayed every night, you know, that now I lay me down to sleep mm-hmm. um, prayer. Um, and I had a list of people that I would go through. Mm-hmm. Uh and it was, you know, and, I've, and I'm sure it was because my mom and dad talked to me about, you know, well, let's make sure we say, you know, God bless mommy and daddy and John, Jason and Jeremy. I always included myself. <laughs> um, God bless Grammy and pop up Grammy Dieter. And and then I, I decided I wanted to add Aunt Fern to the end. So oh, uh, nice. Aunt Fern was always part of those prayers. I'm too. sure she appreciated. That. I'm sure she did. I don't know that she ever even knew. But um, but, you know, it's just one of those things where uh, that instilled the idea of you know something that's important to do um in church you know obviously in kids church and things like that the prayer time was geared towards kids and so it was something that you could really understand um and and it was something that you just understood was part of what we did uh as a kid in big church prayer was the time when i was like because it went on for so long i'm like oh my goodness you know and And you're like oh we're praying again (laughs) you know because you go through did we just pray a second ago (laughs) right it's like why do we you know and now i'm the guy in church that's (laughs) that's that's adding the prayer to the service so maybe the kids in church are now like well pastor john shut up no i don't know so uh but uh but yeah so but they do learn the importance of prayer absolutely Yeah. yeah yeah um I can remember, obviously, different things like that growing up in church and, um, you know, a lot of times in youth group. That's when I probably remember back to the most, you know, how important it was and you read your Bible and you pray and, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it was very regimented and um, it was hard for for me during those seasons to really like make, to be purposeful about it. You know, I would... I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it. You know, we get back from retreat and I'm going to do this. Or, you know, it's the beginning of the year and I'm going to make a resolution, whatever, you know, like, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, I have to be purposeful about this. And, um, and I would for a while. And, um, more than not, I just kind of casually talk to God because I can always, I don't remember a time when I didn't hear from God. And I know that that is, could be unusual for some people, but, even when I wasn't living the best life, even when I was making some not so good choices, I was always hearing him calling me and talking to me and encouraging me to get on track, you know? And, uh, so, but, you know, hopefully initially, sometimes we need to make it a task. It ultimately shouldn't be. Um, 
But I you didn't have to really get in, think you have about to get into a routine. Right, right. Yeah. I didn't think about necessarily sharing this today, but obviously I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Um, you know, there's a time when we are children. Um, you can look at it like we choose to be bond slaves to God. Like we're, that's our chosen. We, we're slaves to him uh, to do what he wants us to do. And so we have to be purposeful about the prayer and time reading. Um, however, when you when your relationship morphs with him and it grows and it goes deeper, you are a son or daughter. And so that's a different, it's a different relationship. And so it becomes more, I need, I need to talk to him. Mm. I need to hear from him, you know, not just a check off my list. It's not just, you know, so there, there is a time when we have to be purposeful in order to make routine in order to make that a good habit, you know? And, um, so yeah, so there's, uh, there is a, a part of that. So I kind of went in and out of that as teenage years and it got, it got a lot stronger, you know, as time went on. Um, but I mainly overall remember prayers talking to God yeah, and bringing your requests, you yeah. know, but then as an adult and as I learned more growing and everything, there's so much more to it. So right. but thank you for sharing guys. I appreciate that. Sure. So today we are going to look at the example that Jesus gave us in the Bible about prayer. I mean, he's number one go-to. So uh, we're going to look at Matthew 6. So I'm going to start in verse 5, and we're going to start off with uh, Matthew 6, 5 through 6. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corner streets, that they may be seen by men. Surely, I tell you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will, will reward you openly. So, does this mean that we can't pray in public? No. 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 Um. I believe when he's referencing the hypocrites, which that's a that's a pretty harsh name to be called. Yeah. Um, this was the intimate talk that they are trying to have with God, or at least appear to be having with God, which is why he's calling them hypocrites. So when we're supposed to be having, you know, those quiet times and that time with prayer, you know, Abby, you talked about you know, being in your room, your door shut. <laughs> right. You, I, I know your blanket kind of is usually kind of over your head. You know, you're just getting all comfy just talking to him. Um, and that's appropriate. Right. If you were to be standing outside and just saying, oh, God. <laughs> and, you know, and you're just, just, oh, help me. I know that you want to. And, and it's this intimate prayer that you're having with God out in the open. That's. That's what he's saying. No, no, <laughs> that's not. It's like, hey, look at me. I pray to God. I talk to God. Look at me. That's what he's referring to these people, these hypocrites. Um, it's not public prayer. Obviously, we already talked about how prayer in church and lots of praying in church. And that is in a congregation of people. And there's a, an appropriate time and appropriate way for that to happen. And it's not, you know, uh, Pastor Matt's not up there, you know, talking and and saying his intimate prayers with God, he's, we're praying as a body. He's praying for the body. He's, he's praying with, we're all praying together. So it's, it's just different. And so basically it comes down to 
what's the intent of your heart at the time? Is it, look at me, I'm praying? Then you fall into that category of being a hypocrite <laughs> and you're not in the right place. Isn't it funny, you know, um, when you think about how many people don't want to pray in public. Yeah. I mean, we think yeah, about, you know, when we're talking to people we know and they're like, oh, I, you know, like life group gets over and it's like, mm-hmm. would you mind closing in prayer? And people are like, oh, my goodness, you're asking me to pray in front right. of people. People have been in church forever. Right. Mm-hmm. And it just it's just interesting that obviously at the time that Jesus had to give this. This talk and he had to yeah. say this, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, because it was happening, it was like something that was obviously obviously it happened. I mean, I don't think he would bring it up if they had never seen this before. Right. Um. So it just that's interesting to me that that there were people who we've it's like the pendulum swung the other way. Now nobody mm. wants to pray in public. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and maybe part of that just has to do with society and and all of those mm-hmm. things. But but then it was you know there were obviously people that were doing that. So I, this is kind of off the subject of prayer, and I don't okay. want to get too um away from it. But mm-hmm. maybe, and I just thought of this right now, maybe in that moment when Jesus was saying that and he was talking about prayer, maybe we could even take that a a step further now and say, you know, if you're trying to live out your faith in a way that makes you look better than you really are, maybe you need to take a step back. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's kind of the same Mm -hmm. thing. It's like, you know, if they're praying out loud to try to make themselves look, I mean, they're not, they're doing that to make themselves look a certain way. I mean, that's yeah. why they're doing it, right? Yeah. Um, they're out there on the street corner doing what they're doing and saying, you know, this big boisterous spectacle mm-hmm. to bring attention to themselves. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's probably people that, yeah. that you use their platform. faith or their platform <laughs> or their whatever mm-hmm. um, to try to look like something that maybe they're not or maybe they are that, but like, but they want the, but they're proud mm-hmm. and they, and they just, you know, it's like yeah. they need to be you humbled. Hit- you hit the you hit the big word because exactly right, right when you said it's that the p word it, yes the p word pride, um, I think that there are people who have amazing hearts that really really love God yeah, who could slip into that yeah because pride is a very very slippery slope yep like and and if you are if you do have influence right which a lot of times means that you're on stage. You know, sure. if you have influence, um, many times that you can, you can easily slip into that and not even realize it. I know that I know for myself, I mean, I, I try to really guard against that, but I know that, you know, God will point it out to me immediately, even if it's just a touch. And, and I didn't even realize it, like, cause I really try to mindfully guard against it, but it, it's when God uses you, it can happen. Because it's like when God uses you and it comes back and, and, and the person is either like super grateful that you thought of them or if, if God actually uses you to do a miracle in somebody's life um, and, and you know that it's God and you remind yourself, but it's just like, wow, you used me, and, which is an amazing thing, but it's so close. <laughs> you just have to like always be on guard uh, with that. So I think that you're right. I think that there are people who really, really love God and that God's using it. It's just a constant um, maintenance, uh, that we need, just need to be careful. Um, I was having this similar conversation with somebody not too long ago and she had heard an example. So this is of, you know, who knows where this originally came from, but she likened pride as like a man's beard. 
Mm-hmm. It's something that needs to be groomed and shaved every day. Mm-hmm. It's it, it it's just whenever you are in the spotlight, whenever you are on stage, whenever God is using you in any way as an evangelist or whatever, like it, you don't even have to have like a title. He can be using you, but it's something that you have to take care of every day. And I think when you say on stage, you don't necessarily mean that they physically have to be on the stage in in their specific um, place of worship. I think you're, right. what you're saying is they right. have a platform. They are yes. in a place it's where both. It's they, both. Right, but where mm-hmm. they have influence. Right. Where so they have whether influence. that's somebody mm-hmm. that's in a ministry position or whether that's just somebody who is in a, a place where they have a sphere of influence mm-hmm. that's based on the gift that God has given them. Right. Right. Because, um, I mean, there's any number of different, there's podcasts, there's all right. kinds of different right. platforms, right. quote unquote. Right. You know, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, d- I think it's definitely um, in, in this respect. And I know that that was a like tangent the... from what you were saying. No, no, no. It's it just fine. That I think that it's... that's where, you know, I could look at what Jesus was saying there and be mm-hmm. like, hmm. Yes, in that, and when he was saying this, he mm-hmm. was specifically talking about prayer, which I know you'll talk more about that in a few minutes. But it's just, um, but I think we could look at it as, as more than that. That whole like, if you're making, if you're if you're out to make yourself look better, mm-hmm. or you're out to just put the attention on you, right? Then watch right. out. We gotta let Jesus shine. Yep. We are not supposed to necessarily shine. He needs to be shining. Right. Which is why I think the second part of that verse, the whole, like, go into your room, I feel like sometimes it could be looked over because the beginning of it is, like, the what Jesus is saying is, uh, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Like, that's not all that he's saying. He's saying, yes, do not do this, but also do this instead. Yeah. It's like a, okay, you're going to be humble and not pray, you know, obnoxiously in public, but it's like, are you still going to go back to your house and pray in private? Mm-hmm. Like, you could not be praying in public, but... You still need to be praying in private, too, because that's what is the most important thing about this is don't be a hypocrite, but you still need to go and still have that intimate prayer with God that nobody has. Because, I mean, yeah, like I said, you could be like, I don't want to pray. I don't want to pray. But it's like, are you talking to God at all at that point? Yeah. It's like you still need to have that part where you go into your room and you still talk to God. That's good, Abby. That's good. Yeah, it is. I mean, she'll preach. Um, that, that is, uh, thank you so much for sharing that because that's absolutely true because are those people (laughs) who are praying in public, are they going back and really having that time? And, you know, in, in this specific prayer, this is Jesus and he's, he's specifically talking to his disciples. And so, I mean, if Jesus who pulled away from them and would go to a, um, secluded spot to meet with his father and pray, had to pray, being fully man and fully God, he still had to pull himself away and talk to God. If if he had to do that, how much more do we have to? Right. And so that's what he's yeah encouraging the disciples too to make sure that you do this. So it's you're right. Just not it's not just not do this. It's make sure that you're purposefully doing this. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a very good point. Okay, we're gonna move on to Matthew six, seven, and eight. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. So I kind of love the fact that you had mentioned that earlier, um, that, you know, we do have our 
our uh, petitions, our requests. Um, but once you get kind of caught up in being thankful and praising him for who he is, you know, in your prayer, sometimes you don't even get to them, mm-hmm. but he already knows them. I think you right. both mentioned that, you mm-hmm. know, and, and he does absolutely. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with us bringing those before him, but it's, it's amazing whenever we are thankful and we praise him, how our perspective changes right? and it kind of goes away from our needs to, wow, God, you're awesome. Yeah. You know, um, I also think <laughs> because next we are going to read through what is called the Lord's Prayer, which I don't believe is appropriately titled, but we're not going to get into that today uh, because it was Jesus giving it to the disciples. It's more of a people or disciples prayer because anyways, um, I just think it's it's not even ironic, but I want to say ironic that he talks about how do not do not be vain with repetitions when the Lord's prayer is probably the most recited over and over and over and over. Definitely. Yeah. By, you know, everyone around the world. Right. You know, it doesn't matter your church, your denomination. I mean, right. If you've been going to church, you probably even people that don't go to church. They, they learn that early on. Right. Something everybody learns. Which is good. Yeah. It's good that we're learning it. Um, in fact, I thought it was important also. That was one of the things that we would pray about going to school. Still know it word for word. <laughs> See, everybody learns it. Yeah. Yeah. And so. But you're, um, it is ironic that it's tied it's ironic. in that yeah. same verse where it's like, don't do this. But then <laughs> yeah. but then we take that and we do that. And it's not a, that it's bad. Saying the Lord's Prayer. We're not saying that saying the Lord's Prayer no, is a bad thing it's at not. all. No. It. But I, it's it's like God knows us. Right, right. <laughs> and Jesus is like, don't do repetition. Don't, whatever it is, don't do, don't do it repetitiously. Just thinking that if I could just say it enough times, it's going to work. Well, and see, and to, for me, when I read through that verse, I, I think things about um, people that repetitiously use certain words in their prayer. Mm. You know, like, like Abby said earlier, it's like when you yeah. think that you, when you think that praying means that I have to use all these specific words mm. and the same King James version, right? The King James <laughs> prayer. And if, if I, the, the number of thousand these and those and thighs that, that I can, <laughs> and that I can put in there. Right. That's a big one. Um, <laughs> to me, I, I look at those things as like that, you know, trying to and say, and again, I'm not trying to say that yeah. the way that, I mean, look, however you need to pray mm-hmm. and however you speak to God, that's all you. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not playing down anybody. Right. I, I'm just saying, uh, you know, for me, when I read that, that's what I think about mm-hmm. because I have heard people in my 49 years on this planet, I have heard people um, pray, and in their prayer, they have a a word or a phrase that you're like, oh my goodness, are you going to say that again? Yeah. Like <laughs> he gets it, he <laughs> hears you, you know. So. Um, because it's like it's that big, overly spiritual word that makes you sound whatever. <laughs> right, right. And I mean, specifically, you know, the Lord's Prayer, you know, if I could just um, say it enough times, then it's going to happen. It, it verges on that line of formula. Right. If I can say these certain words the certain way and God's like, hello, um, hello, I, I just want to talk to you. Right. I just want you to talk to me. You could know? you be quiet for a moment so that I can speak? <laughs> right. Right. And, um, yeah, so um, I, I believe that that's what he's saying. He's saying, you know, just speak from your heart. You know, I remember 
uh, praying with the kids as they were growing up and, um, and just really trying to give that as an example when we would pray. Um, yeah, there were some nights when it was a really long day and I was really tired and, and, you know, but we, we would pray through it. But I remember other times where we just really took our time when we were praying and we would take turns praying. And I can remember it was either Abigail, maybe Josiah, um, who, who asked me after we had prayed, why, why do you stop when you're praying? And I said, well, I'm listening. You know, even when praying together with other people, I've made it a habit. I don't have to fill all the air with words. Mm-hmm. I, because I want to hear what he has to say. Because ultimately, if I can hear what's on the Father's heart and I pray that, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just kind of the the basic. <laughs> well, and it's that whole, like I said earlier, it, it's not like a prayer is, um, I called heaven and I got the answering machine. And so I have to leave a message. Oh yeah, that's you good. know. So yeah. it, it's 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 only happening as long as I'm speaking, and then when it's over, it's over. Mm. You know, it, no, he picked up. <laughs> He's right? there every time. Right. It's always Ed, there. He it's always never answers hung up. The phone, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that's awesome about God, right? Yeah. Okay, so Matthew six nine through ten. I'm going to just read down through it and then go through it again, just kind of breaking it up a little bit. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And go. Amen. That's what you say there. Amen. 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 Um, so in the beginning, it says in this manner, therefore pray. So he's teaching you, you know, and, and this is not a formula prayer. This is an example, right? This, um, saying it is not wrong. Like you said, um, and also the two things before, I don't, I'm not sure if I said it or not, but when he talks about the hypocrites who are, um, standing on the street corner, you know, look at me, look at me, I'm praying. And the other people who, you know, you don't need to just keep saying it over and over and over again, because it doesn't mean that it's going to be heard any better. He hears you. He already knows. Um, so in both of those cases, it, it has to do with a matter of the heart. It's, it's, it's your direction of the heart. Um, and I've, I've told, you know, whenever we've been in life groups and we've had these people who I know their prayers, mm-hmm. I, I don't know their prayers. They are prayers. Right. <laughs> um, and they, I know that they love God. I know that they have a disciplined life with him and everything. It's just, they're not accustomed to praying out loud. And so I encourage them by just saying, listen, pray what's on your heart. There's no specific words that you have to say. There's no, just pray from your heart. Because if you're praying from your heart, that is what God wants to hear, yep. period. Mm-hmm. Like there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, you can say, I mean, I think some there's been some people who probably have come to God and they had a really rough life and they probably cussed in their prayer. But I tell you what, if they're praying from their heart, God is hearing them. Yep. And you know what? A cuss word is not going to hurt him. 
It doesn't, <laughs> you know, God wants their, wants their true hearts. Right. And so I'm not saying, I'm not encouraging that, <laughs> but I think that it probably has happened. Um, well, that's the same as saying you can't, you can't come to church or, you, or, you know, I, right. I can't, I'm not in a place I'm until I get myself together. That's when I can do it. Mm. And it's like, no, God wants you now who you are. You know, he loves you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can work on the other things once you have relationship, but right. start the relationship. Right. Exactly. Um, because ultimately we can't fix stuff anyways. Right. So you're going to die trying to fix stuff right. before you go to church. So, which is the baseline, like God doesn't want the healthy people. I mean, he does, but he, God does isn't trying to fix. What am I trying to say? Like, okay. he, you know what I mean? But I mean, but it's like a he doesn't only want the good people. He right. wants all of the people. He wants everybody's heart, the good, the bad. And so which is why I think it's so important for churches to bring in anybody from any kind of background, mm. from experiencing anything, because everybody needs God, whether you've <laughs> grown up in church or if you've had a bad past in general. So it's just like a, yeah, God doesn't only want the goody two-shoes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. It probably is even harder for the goody two-shoes because I think they've been doing it all right. Right. right? <laughs> well, and usually the goody two-shoes, it's a lot of it's on the outside. It's a, mm-hmm. right. it, you know, again, it's like you said before, Abby, about, you know, don't do this, but do this. Right. <laughs> they understand the don't do this part because that, you know, you can see that. Yeah. You can see the what I'm not doing, but you can't. But what am I doing? Right. You mm. know, so. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Because if anybody thinks that the churches aren't full of sinners, then they're making them, you know, come on. Right. <laughs> they obviously haven't been to one. <laughs> uh, so this begins with um, our father in heaven. Um, just. A reminder, he's our father. This is, we, it's acknowledging that we are, we all together are one body. It's, it's, it's not saying my father, it's saying our father. Nothing wrong with saying my father, but it's, it's, he's kind of emphasizing, he's talking to the disciples. It's our father. It's me and your, and yours all together. All part of the same family. Yes, exactly. Um, hallowed be your name. So we're going to remember his name as holy. You know, we're going to be reverent. We're going to know that he is holy and acknowledge that, um, he is holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's so much to unpack there, which I believe will be another episode, (laughs) but, um, I can say that the, the kingdom of heaven is for now. It is not simply for eternity. It's not for just the future. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is for now. Um, John the Baptist talked about, you know, repent, turn from your sins, be baptized, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus also said that. He preached many times, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he also added to that, and is here. Yeah, because he mm-hmm. came. Right. Yes. Because Jesus came. Jesus came to earth. He brought the kingdom. And um, we need to know that it's for now. Um, and that seems kind of maybe a large concept for some people. But essentially, the way that I look at it is the things that are in heaven. You know, he says it, just the joy and the peace and the love and, you know, 
Abby, you were talking about that before, like how we need those things. Mm -hmm. We need those now. So while we will enjoy those things in eternity because we are with God, we need them now. Right. So the things that are in heaven, we need that kingdom to be here now to help us through this life. Mm -hmm. And it's not just those three things. It's it's so much more, so much more, uh, which I, again, will hopefully unpack sometime in the future. Um, but the kingdom of heaven is for now. So, you know, he is telling them, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, and so it is, it is for now. So he's telling them, uh, opening up, uh, you know, as an example to prayer, acknowledge that his kingdom is now. And, and there's a reason for that. Let's see here. Matthew 6, 11 through 13. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So many times we talked about how this, you know, we, when we pray, we bring our requests so I think probably the majority of people, especially in the Western world, when they pray, it is with a request attitude. It's with a petition. I'm bringing my prayer request before God. And so I believe that the majority of people, probably when they do pray this prayer from a good heart, are praying it with a request attitude. You know, uh, I, need, I need your provision today, God. I, you know... Um, give give us today our daily bread, and um, and please forgive me. I, I need you to forgive me, God, and um, don't leave me in a temptation. Um, but deliver me from the evil one. You know, it's it kind of just has this tone of requesting. So growing up, I felt the same way. I would pray that you know, or you know, read it, or whatever. But the one thing that always did not agree with my spirit which happens when I read through some scriptures because I don't understand them. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, was the part where do not lead us into temptation because I knew God doesn't tempt us. Right. And so that kind of just never settled with me. Why is Jesus of all people giving us the example to pray to God to say, please don't tempt me? Don't lead me into temptation. You know, he's the ultimate example. He is, he, he knows if nobody else knows on earth, it's Jesus. You know, he knows. So why? So that never agreed with me, which there are many parts of scripture that I, let's just say struggle with, not because, um, I don't believe them, but because they don't click for me, which Scripture is a mystery. <laughs> there are many different mysteries to discover. Um, and, and so I embrace all of it as truth. It's all God's word. And so, but God knows. God knows when I read through that. And, and, and I was like, what does this mean? This is Jesus giving, it's not agreeing. It's from what I know and what I understand and what you've showed me, this is not agreeing with, with all of that. So, so please, you know, at some point, <laughs> show this to me. So, um, I was reading this, it was several years back and 
the very next part says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Well, the word for really stood out to me. Weird, right? This (laughs) tiny little word. It really stood out to me. And so I was like, let me look into this word. So if anybody knows me, they know I'm a kind of a word geek when it comes to the Bible. So onto the deep dive. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> she got she got German translations, Hebrew translations, <laughs> all the above. Goes to different rabbit holes. It's crazy. This is true. Reading multiple translations is a very good thing. So I looked up the word for in Greek, and because um, the New Testament was written in uh, Greek originally, and so I looked at what it meant. Well, better translated, it's because. So I was like, okay, like, you know, average English language. Yeah, you could see how that would, you know. But when you really read it, I mean, like when you say the word because, typically um, you are making a statement before that. You're not typically asking a question. So I went to the store because I needed milk. You know, um, so typically when you say because you've made a statement and now you're going to say why this is. I went to the freezer because I, I wanted, wanted ice cream. cream. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> now I want ice cream. Two peas in a pod. <laughs> I didn't mention before Love that. You, sounds good. <laughs> I didn't mention you before that John and Abby have the same birthday too. So uh, it was meant to be, you know, <laughs> quite a few years apart. But yes, same day. Just, just a couple. Yeah, that would be really super weird. Anyways. <laughs> Um, yes. So it's better, uh, translated because, and so then I started to think, okay, well, if it means because if I'm making a statement before that, which my whole life before this was, this is a request, please give us today our daily bread. Please forgive me. Don't leave me in a temptation. So I was like, how can I make these semi request things sound more like statements? And so it was probably God. He said, put the word you in front of it. So let's just read those three things again by putting the word you in front of it. You give us today our daily bread. You forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You lead us not into temptation, but you deliver us from the evil one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It totally changes the vibe, yeah. right? It totally changes the tone of what you're saying. It's becoming more of a proclamation yeah. than it is a request, which is two completely different animals. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to pray it as a request. It's not wrong. It's just we know that God doesn't lead us into temptation. Um, let's just go down through here. So I, I really, really liked when he showed me that, that this is more of a proclamation because Um, this, aside from one of these in chapter six, Matthew six, he actually addresses two of these points and makes it really clear. Um, the first one is, um, Matthew six verses 25 and 26. And these are the famous verses about, don't worry, don't worry about tomorrow. You know, look at the birds of the air. Did they worry about what they're going to eat? No, they don't. Do they worry about where they're going to stay? No, because he takes care of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Then he goes on about the lilies of the field and what they will wear. So don't worry. Um, 
he's going to provide. He's going to provide. So just a few verses after the Lord's prayer that he's sharing with the disciples, teaching them, he tells them, don't worry about the bread. And if you kind of look through the New Testament, you see more of him talking about like, don't worry about the bread. You know, shortly after feeding the 5,000. Right. You know, then the 4,000, you know, and these amazing miracles of don't worry. I got you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, just just a side note. I know there's so many times that people are like, you got this, you got this. And you try to hype yourself up and you say, I got this, I got this. I want to really encourage you to say, God's got me. That's right. <laughs> God's got me. Anyways, that's just a little little nugget there. Um, so, so, yeah, so he talks about how he's going to provide. Don't worry. So, number one, we can say, you give us today our daily bread. We can say that with confidence because just a little bit further down in that chapter, he talks about, don't worry. I got you. I got you taken care of. Yeah. Don't like, there's so many other things to be thinking and be concerned with. Don't worry about your provision. I got you. Um, the next one is forgiveness. In fact, immediately after these verses, it talks about in, uh, Matthew, let's see, it would be Matthew 14, I think, through 15. Yeah, Matthew 6, 14 through 15. It talks about how your Father in Heaven, or how you need to forgive, or else the Father in Heaven can't forgive you. So if you forgive them, if you forgive others, He will forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, He can't forgive you. Mm-hmm. So why would that need to be a request? Right. It's a statement. Yeah. Because he literally says it after he says this prayer to the disciples. It doesn't need to be a request. He'll forgive us if we forgive others. Mm -hmm. Not that it's easy. It's just simple. Right. Um, And then the next part is temptation. Like I said, that never hit me right as a request because I knew, I knew in the Bible it said, God does not tempt us. In fact, James 1.13 says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Pretty clear. Mm-hmm. It's very clear. God is And James very... is always quite blunt. <laughs> yes. I love James. Yes. Very to the point. I think I can just identify with, uh, I don't like to sugarcoat. I don't even know how my, I don't even know my way around a bush, you know, to like <laughs> walk around it, to not say something directly. Got to mow right through the bush. That's right. And I just get right to the point. Um, and then in second Thessalonians three, three, it says, but the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And of course there are multitudes of places in scripture where God either shows how he's delivering his people from the evil one, or there are scriptures where he promises that to us. I mean, there's no question about that, that he delivers us from the evil one. Um, but he definitely does not tempt. Um, so, so turning those, uh, just think about it, you know, turning those things more into a proclamation than a request I feel is very powerful. Yeah. So let's talk about this just a little bit more. Just want to break it down just a little bit more. There's also, with these three parts, actions that we need to take. 
So for the bread, yes, God is going to provide for us in multiple ways. I mean, we're using bread as food, but, you know, he promises us that he's going to provide for us whatever we need. I mean, really, in any in any aspect. So he provides for physically, daily physical provision. There's a daily spiritual provision also. Um, Jesus is the bread of life. And Jesus is the word. We are to feed ourselves with every word that comes from God. Just like when, just what Jesus told the enemy, when the enemy, after he was, after Jesus was fasting for those 40 days in the wilderness, and the enemy came to him and he said, well, you know, if you are the son of God, turn this rock into bread. The enemy knew that he was starving physically, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, what a temptation, right? But then he responds to him and says that it's, in fact, it's in Matthew 4, 4. But he said, as it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, which is actually a scripture from Deuteronomy 8, 3. So I kind of want to expand this idea of bread um, because I believe that it covers more than just daily provision. I think that a lot of times people do pray this and that's what they're thinking. They're not thinking much beyond that. I believe with all three of these points that there are things that we need to proclaim. We need to proclaim them because it's truth that he already has given us promises. We also need to do something. So while God gives us the provisions, our job is to be feeding ourselves. And when it talks about feeding and eating every word from God. So we have the written word, and then we also have the spoken word. Um, We talked about listening to God earlier. Uh, He reveals things whenever we read things in scripture. The Holy Spirit will reveal things to us. We need to be feeding on that. It's not something to just go, oh, wow, that's really cool, and then just move on. He shows us those things. He gives us revelation in order for us to mull on it and for it to change us. And then in that process, many times he, we share that with others and it can help others too. Um, it, we need to not just, oh, that's really cool, and then walk away. It's like coming away from any kind of preaching. It's, you know, somebody gives the word and that needs to change us. Like, like we need to be changed by that. So our job for the bread portion is to feed, to feed on every word that comes from God. Now, within context, um, I always want to preface it with this. If it's a spoken word from God, make sure that it lines up with his word. It might not necessarily be in his word because God is much bigger than the Bible, but it needs to align with the character of God and with the morals and everything that are in the Bible. So as a plumb line, whatever you hear from God needs to align with that. So if you have any question about it, if you feel like God told you something and you're really wondering, find somebody that you trust. Go to the word, ask God, find somebody that you trust to ask them what do you think of this? You know, um, if you're having a hard time gauging that, 
Uh, it's not every word that you hear that's necessarily from God. Um, if you are a more mature Christian and you've heard him and you know and everything. I just want to say that for everyone who's listening, it's important to to make sure that it aligns with the word of God. But it's our job to feed on them. It's our job to meditate on them. Uh, that is life. This is truly the bread of life. And that is what Jesus did when he was in the wilderness. He fed on every word from God. And he didn't, they had the Old Testament then, they had the Torah, the first five books, but, you know, they had Isaiah and different books like that, but they didn't have the whole word, you know, and, um, and I think it's important to continue to hear from God. So those, the spoken words are really important too. And it means that he was feeding on the book of Numbers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lots of numbers. Woo, the genealogies. I do the numbers. <laughs> Don't we love them? <laughs> oh, yes. So um, so that's our part um, so far that I've gathered with the bread. So trust him for the provision, but also do your, do your job. Feed on the word. The next one is forgiveness. So I already talked about how um, if we forgive others, our father who is in heaven can forgive us. But if we don't forgive others, he won't forgive us. And I think that that's something that people just don't want to wrap their minds around. <laughs> mm -hmm. they, they, don't, they don't want to think that, well, if I want to be forgiven, then I need to forgive other people. Um, I think that they just want to say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. But it's really important that he said that in there. <laughs> you know, you forgive me as I forgive the other people who are sinning against me. Um, and it's, it's really important. We, we need to forgive. We need to not take offense. When we do take offense, then we need to make sure that we nip it in the bud and we forgive them right away. Whether we feel like they have, we have the right to be mad or hurt or whatever. I mean, there's so many different things to that. It is for the best to forgive. Um, our prime example of forgiveness is Jesus on the cross. He didn't even look like a man anymore with what he had been through. But yet, as he was dying, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. In the middle of the worst pain physically and emotionally, he had the weight of the world's sin on him. So he was not only under torture physically, he was emotionally too and spiritually. He was carrying the weight of the entire world's sin on him in that moment. And what does he say? Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. That is our prime example. Yep. Mm -hmm. That is, those are goals right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In the middle of being hurt to be able to forgive. Those are goals. So let's see. The next part is the temptation. So we know, as we talked about before, that God will not tempt us. But temptation is real. And further down in James 1, 14 and 15, he talks a little bit more about it. 
It says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it brings birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. That's dark. (laughs) But it's truth. So temptations will come. The important thing is take care of them right away. As soon as there's that temptation, it's there. You have that thought. The thought is not the sin. Get rid of the thought. (laughs) Replace it with truth. Mm -hmm. Whatever you have to do, remove yourself from the situation. Whatever you have to do to not be tempted. So we definitely have a part to do when it comes to temptation. Um, And this will assist with God delivering us from the evil one. (laughs) Because if we choose to not to go down that road, you know, right? we don't necessarily need deliverance, even though when we do, he does deliver us because he's amazing. Um, so I, I was thinking, because all growing up, um, probably many times in youth group, <laughs> they, they talked a lot about temptation. <laughs> and um, I think that that's probably a fairly normal thing. Um, I think that in between wanting to be accepted and teenage hormones and all of those different things, temptations talked about. Mm -hmm. And, um, so because of that, I've always had a kind of a thought of it's temptations to do bad slash fun things. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and while there's absolutely, absolutely. It's absolutely yes. Um, it, it talks about, you know, following our own desires. So our fleshly desires will lead us <laughs> into those bad things, you know, if and when we're tempted. Um, but I also thought of another thing. Um, we can be tempted to believe the enemy's lies. So while there's lies of, oh, don't worry, it's not going to hurt you. Just like Eve with the apple. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're really going to die? He tends to question everything that God tells us. So he's the father of all lies. So are we tempted, not necessarily because it's fun, but are we tempted to believe what he says? Are we tempted to believe his lies? He is the father of all lies and he is the accuser. He accuses us. Day and night Mm -hmm. before God's throne, the Bible says. So whenever he accuses us, that's kind of like, well, who are you? Who do you think you are that you can come on this podcast and talk about prayer? Do you think that you have, you know, do you think that you really know everything? I mean, like that is something that could absolutely come to me. But, Mm -hmm. you know, he wouldn't make it past the first word because I'd shut him down. (laughs) (laughs) He thought. (laughs) Um, but it could be, it's, it's questioning your identity. It's, it's accusing us, you know, you, you remember what you did, you know, years ago, last week, yesterday, whatever, whatever he wants to try to accuse you of, whatever lie he wants to, um, tempt you with. And, and it's kind of a weird way of looking at temptation, but we do succumb to that. We do sometimes succumb to those lies and to, to that attack on our character, Um, because ultimately that's his goal, especially when you're thriving and growing in God, getting closer with him. Like he, he, you're on his radar Mm -hmm. and thankfully the one who lives inside of us is bigger and greater. And I mean, 
absolutely. But that's why we need to continue to grow. Um, but I just thought about that, you know, along with the temptation, you know, we take offense and then we want to act out of that. You know, we want to react or whatever. Uh, but also the temptation to, um, to believe his lies. It's not a fun thing, but I think that we've all been there at some point or another. So we just need to guard ourselves with that too. So um, just thinking about those different things that um, these, these three things about the bread and forgiveness and temptation that we definitely can proclaim them more than just simply requesting because his word backs up. Yeah. He already gives us these promises. Um, and then also taking action with each one of them is really important. So then let's see here. Matthew six thirteen. it finishes with, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So it was interesting this last time when I was really, of course, I've read this. I don't even know how many times. Five bajillion times. <laughs> it's pretty close. It's funny to me. It came to me that all this middle stuff that we just got done talking about is kind of in this kingdom sandwich. Mm. he starts off with the kingdom you know your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and then he finishes up with because yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever which by the way with the word because if you think about the proclamations that you just made before that you give us today our daily bread you lead or you forgive us as we forgive those who sin against us and you lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil because yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. It just, if you read it like that, I think it just kind of opens up to another whole thing. But I, I just kind of just saw this like kingdom sandwich <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so how does this, how does this all connect? Like, what does this, you know, I'm making this connection now. So what does this mean? And, um, I mean, I think that there's more to it, but basically, um, it's, listen, we're calling his kingdom down. His kingdom is now, and it's for here. It's our job to be an active part of releasing his kingdom so that we can further his kingdom, so that more people can make it into his kingdom, right? This is our job. So he opens up with that. Our Father, we hallowed your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Like, this is, this is our task in front of us. And then he's like, don't worry about the provision, Make sure you're reading the word and you're feeding on God's word. Don't worry about the provision, though. And um, forgive. Period. Forgive. Mm -hmm. If you're don't let distraction of people hurting you, uh, offense, you know, don't don't let that distract you from the goal. The goal is his kingdom and for more people to be in it. That's the goal. And don't temptation, you know, if it comes and you succumb to it, I will deliver you for sure. But let's just guard against that. Don't let the temptation of this world, um, of the flesh, distract you. And don't let the temptation to listen to what the enemy is saying and accusing you of distract you either. You don't need these distractions. And then he wraps it up with, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Mm -hmm. and, and it just, I don't know, I just felt like, reading it that way is just so much more powerful. It just kind of really, it's more of a blast, even though I've <laughs> read it so many times, we've memorized it, we've said it so many mm -hmm. times, you know, it just really, 
Kingdom sandwich. I like that. <laughs> so, uh, and then he finally ends with amen. So the word amen is better, um, or the definition of it, I should say. The definition of it is so be it. So what you're praying, you're saying, I'm praying this because I want this to be done. So be it. Amen was what was used when they would make a covenant in the Old Testament. It, it finished up, it wrapped up their covenant agreement. Amen. So just something to think about. <laughs> it's not just a word to throw around whenever you agree with what the pastor's saying. Because sometimes it's not necessarily that something that's good. Hmm. Just saying, um, you know, you don't want to say so be it. You know, all these teenagers are on drugs. Well, so be it. Amen, pastor. No, you know, no, right. No, we don't want to say that. We don't want that. So, <laughs> we don't want that. So um, anyways, just just a little something to think about with that. But but it is a covenant agreement. He, we're ending with amen. And we most of us end our prayers with amen. So you can think about that, you know, so be it. So do you guys feel like you've learned anything a little different or new today about prayer as we're talking about it? Um, I would say definitely it brought more to light that like, just like worship prayer is many, many, many different forms and there's no one right way to do it. Mm -hmm. And it has different like, like benefits, I guess. Like it, it's different. <clears throat> when you need or desire different things. And so it's definitely like a not one size fits all thing. And it's yeah. kind of like, yeah. <laughs> That's what I got. And it's something that can change. And right. it doesn't mean what you did was wrong. It just, it can, it can morph as you mature and as you grow at different seasons can absolutely change. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've been married to you for a long time. <laughs> hope, so <laughs> most, of the, most of the things you teach here, uh, I've heard a time or two, so, you know, uh, I, I don't know that I, I'm coming out of this with anything necessarily new to me, but obviously just a, or maybe a renewed understanding of mm. these things and, uh, and just a reminder of mm -hmm. the, of who God is and, and what his instruction is to us and, and the things that, uh, the things that are important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I learned something new. Really? That Abby, with her teenage friends, prays with authority because she oh, knows that yeah. God will. So that's awesome. You know. She's like, what, what? <laughs> There's that's lots awesome. of crazy stuff that happened at summer camp. You never would you have known that in five days so much happens. We went to camp. I know it was a long time ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. We didn't have to ride horses to get there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the cars didn't have AC, though. Oh, it had AC. I have many, it might not have I had. Have, it might not have had breaks. breaks. Right. Many oh, church wow. van stories. But, uh. That's a story for another day. Yeah. Uh, but thank you, Abigail, for joining us today. Of really appreciate your input and uh, you being here with us. And of course, John, as always, I appreciate you and your input. And um, I hope that you all have learned something new today that uh, will change you because that's important. And be encouraged. And we will see you next time. Until then, continue believing in the one and only true God, and we'll see you next time.